Hello, everyone, and welcome to Data Endures June Tech Talk. I am Kirsten Burke, and I am delighted to be joined this month by our special guest, Tom Holtz. Uh, Tom is Data Endures Chief Revenue Officer, and um, we've got a, a special time set out with him. So, Tom, welcome. Hey, thank you, Kirsten. I uh, appreciate it. I know that uh, she normally fills this role, so happy to do a, a pinch hit now that it's baseball season. All right. All right. And being the Giants fan you are, you had to work that in early, right? I had to. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about something today that uh, is in the headlines everywhere. Uh, whatever news medium you use, um, everyone's talking about the economy, uh, what's happening, what's not happening, um, how it's impacting businesses, what might happen. And we just thought uh, Tom's got a long history of uh, being in the tech industry, um, has served in a lot of different roles, has seen a lot of things, has also seen a lot of these economic uh, shifts. Also, he's a history buff. And so uh, in his, I guess, evaluating what's going on today has drawn upon some of that. And I really thought it would be interesting to have him join us and really from a, a tech focus, from a client focus, really talk about the economy. And we've kind of put it into three areas of, of what it will talk about today. Um, what's happening? What's really, what, what do we see happening? What are the facts? What's happening on the ground? Um, and then to really talk about, are there some similarities from what we've seen in previous economic, um, I'll just say downturns, you know, is it a recession? Is it not? It, uh, what are the similarities? And more importantly, what are some differences we're seeing? And then really what are some best practices and what are some things we're talking to clients about to really help them think smart about the investments they're making. And um, we're just going to kind of chop it up into three sections. And, and so Tom, I'm going to let you lead off here. Let's talk oh. about facts on the ground. What the heck is going on? Well, first off, how did you know I was a history buff? So, I mean, let's get that on the table because I kind of am. Um, but I don't know, maybe you saw my reading list or something, but, um, no, it, it is true. Look, I mean, I, I, I do think that, um, you know, as you start to approach uncertain times, um, you look sort of like, Hey, what are the trends And history has a funny way of repeating itself, uh, both in life and in, in business. Right. So it did a little extra prep for this, um, kind of thinking through, I read your typical Bloomberg Reuters, uh, you know, I, I, I get, uh, you know, the occasional CNN news uh, highlights, CNN financial. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of looked at it from a more historic perspective. So thanks for that lead in. And um, you know, obviously there's been only two recessions in really the last uh, 21 years, right? Since the 2001 uh, crisis that was brought on by a backing up of inventory, a Y2K letdown, and then a dot-com letdown, right? So those were uh, sort of coinciding events. And then, you know, sort of 9-11 uh, sort of, you know, put, put everything into a, you know, complete stall out, uh, be it travel and things like that. Interestingly enough, if you look at the beginning of COVID, while not a recession, had some similar traits in terms of the slowdown of one um, portion of the economy, right? And that's the travel and entertainment world. Um, the other one obviously was the 2007, 2008, some would even say 2009 
Great Recession. I didn't know it was called the Great Recession. Hmm. Um, just knew it as the recession brought on, obviously, by uh, mortgage loans, housing crisis. and But that one was interesting in that it affected every sector of business, right? So tech was not immune to it. Uh, manufacturing was not immune to it. Um, you know, so there were a lot of uh, factors. Um, going back even as far as 1991, um, you know, that was the other um, sort of slowdown. Um, I hit it, happened to be uh, a recent college graduate from Iowa State carrying my marketing degree around. And it was hard. It was hard to get a job in 1991. And that was much more rooted in manufacturing. Um, you know, so there's been three real monumental since 91, two real big ones since 2001. Are we do, aren't we? You know, look, I mean, I think that there is um, a lot of opposing uh, metrics. One is unemployment rate is just a slightly above 3%, right? So, you know, that is very strong. Unemployment rates have been much lower as you enter into recessions. Um, job growth, while strong has flattened out. So th that's gonna be a leading indicator in terms of real true, um, you know, uh, let's say the, the, the employment rate. And then inflation obviously has uh, peaked, not peaked, has spiked, possibly not peaked. So I think that's gonna be the other factor. Mm -hmm. So continue to read look at it from a historic perspective and then and then try to counteract the things as i'm sure everybody is doing both in their personal life and their professional life counteract the things that you see in terms of on the horizon um you know so i, I feel like there is a lot of um decent information out there um and you know kind of you know to the to the you know next, you know, kind of uh, idea, which is, you know, really not all recessions are created equal. So right. if we do indeed go into a recession, right, um, you know, the, the cause and effect, um, the industries affected, right, they're going to be different. So it's, you know, I, I don't pretend to be a pro pro prognosticator of economic fortune, uh, you know, Jamie Diamond, uh, you know, JP Morgan, uh, basically said it's going to be an economic hurricane. Well, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, you know, so uh, in our world, it would be the economic earthquake. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Kirsten. Well, and I think uh, to your point, right? Uh, uncertainty is because none of us know. And so I think being able to look at what does history tell us and then what are, what are we really seeing out there? And in our conversations about this, and we've been talking to customers about it, we've been talking to partners about it. Um, you know, you've mentioned several times that this feels different. And, you know, I think, I think all of us coming off of COVID, you know, still have, you know, almost some PTSD, right. It's kind of like, we're all poking our heads out of the gopher holes and ready to go. And all of a sudden whammy. And, um, there are, there are indicators to be concerned about, but to your point, we've got some different things going on that may be telling a little bit of a different story. And so, you know, I think our listeners might be interested in your perspective and clearly, you know, while we come from the tech industry, 
Um, you've had 25 years in, in your roles. I've had 25 in mine. We're serving customers mm-hmm. all across different industries. And yeah. so the things that we see and the things that we learn are not tech focused. They are, you know, they, they are industry wide. Right. And so, you know, share a little bit about, you know, what your spidey senses are saying as you are saying, you know what, there's something different about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 beyond just the recession talk, right. Beyond just sort of the financial, you know, uh, reading that you do, uh, you know, GDP is going to be out in July. And if it's another quarter of negative growth, we're technically in a recession. I I think you can forget that, right. I, I think that, there is a lot of cash in the system. I think you got to look more closer to home. And what closer to home is, is the tech industry is starting to have layoffs. Um, and there was an article out today, I think in USA Today, that uh, you know Uber, Lyft, uh, Twitter, uh, a couple other companies had to go and tell new college graduates that their jobs mm-hmm. uh, were not uh, being honored, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's a tightening of budget. That is the leading indicator that says we are going to have to do more or we are going to have to maintain with less, mm-hmm. Um and that starts to filter down into budgets. Every CFO is going to come to the IT department eventually and say, hey, we you know, need to conserve cash. What are some things you can cut? Um, so that's budgeting, budget tightening. And, and, I, and I feel like it's going to hit more of the small size to midsize enterprise harder in that those dollars are more meaningful if this is a prolonged um, slowdown. Mm-hmm. If this is a two-year, let's call it economic malaise, kind of, you know, get get 2007, you know, housing bubble burst, but 2008, 2009 were horrible growth years, mm-hmm. and they prolonged, um, you know, sort of a an economic recovery. Um, so, I, I do kind of feel if I if I had to put a a pin on you know, one prediction, I would say slow GDP growth, if not flat, if not even some bumps in decline, um, and basically budget tightening. But the one budget you can't tighten is going to be security. Mm-hmm. And that leads us kind of into why I believe data indoor is so well positioned, you know, for an economic downturn why managed services in general are well-positioned and why a client would look to, you know, those services, those solutions, uh, you know, kind of in these uncertain times. Sure, sure. Well, and we know um, just in the conversations that we're having, right, I think people have already been trying to think creatively or think different with the supply chain challenges, yeah. right? And so if I'm normally doing this and, and getting equipment from here, how do I think different to kind of stabilize or ensure I'm getting what I need to get, right? To the best of my ability, some of these things we can't control. So yeah. I think that discussion already started. And now to your point, I think we've got organizations saying, um, you know, we've got, we've got kind of the whole CapEx conversation, right? So 
If there are ways that we can move CapEx to OpEx, you know, check, good. Um, I think in tech, um, we're always over-provisioning. We're always over-procuring. Um, you know, we, we have so many licenses. We have so, we have, we have so much, and it's often hard to bring it together and figure yeah. out, can I centralize it? Can I streamline it? Um, you know, and then we've got staffing, right? And right. in, in place in a, in a condition like this, right? You start thinking about staffing. So do I pause hiring? Do I freeze hiring? To your point, you can't freeze what your business has to do, right? right. Data protection, data access, data security. So to so talk to us a little bit about some of the recommendations that you've been making. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, yeah, you just triggered something. And um, you know, if I if I look at it, COVID was a bit of a dress rehearsal hmm. for what we're going through. Um, and I hadn't come up with that little point in my notes. So, but it is very true in terms of, um, you know, we've, we've already seen sort of the, the push to outsource, the push to um, you know, move uh, employees, you know, into a remote workforce. Well, where does that end, right? And I think that we saw more creative ways and better solutions to address that. So the the maturity of that move and the ability to manage your environment remotely, outsourced, um, is only going to get better and grow. And again, I think we are so well positioned for uh, that move. In terms of the labor force, right? A, an elastic labor force is the operational model people will look for. It, in 2001, I happened to be at IBM at the time um, and uh, outsourcing that was, mm -hmm. and we rode outsourcing for five years. And then it swung back and it became insourcing. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, it is that elastic labor force and getting cost off your books. Cost can be license cost, cost can be labor cost, but it's still all cost. Mm -hmm. um, I hosted a, uh, an event last year. We had um, uh, two CIOs. Um, I think I can reference Mark Grimsey. He's a friend. He's at Robert Half now. He was CIO at Rambus uh, at the time. And then Mandy Huth, who is the CISO of Kohler. Um, and then I, I don't think I can name the other one, but they came from a, um, uh, a company that managed retirement homes. Um, and they all individually... Um, and, and it was at the start of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so it had some, some um, economic um, uh, twinge to it, let's say, in mm -hmm. terms of the commentary. And every one of them was, it is a consolidation of tools and solutions and an integration and an automation. That's mm -hmm. everything that they have to do. Mm -hmm. And as I look at sort of the technology stack that, is out there in a typical client, mid-size enterprise client, right? Uh, just take log management, incident response, um, threat detection, uh, you know, all of those is probably 10 tools. Mm -hmm. And yet data and door can consolidate it down into one solution, one bill, 
you're not paying license costs, you're not doing the, you know, 10 different renewals all time differently, there's right. no co-terming, like, uh, they're, and at the end of the day, providing you a better service, allowing you to, you know, not have to hire those resources, better yet, not have those resources hired away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there is direct benefit uh, that we can provide a client in terms of the, not only the financial model, but then the solution and solution delivery model. Right, right. Well, and I think uh, we saw this in COVID, right, to, to your point. And, and unfortunately, maybe it was a test run for our adversaries too, right? They uh, never waste a crisis. And yeah. so you take a look at how um, cyber adversaries took advantage of the fear or uncertainty or you know opportunities of COVID. Yeah. And I think we're going to start seeing that um, if, if we haven't already, right, um, there are going to be opportunities because I think the assumption is companies maybe might necessarily let their guard down, right? So maybe I won't update my old antivirus tool, or maybe I you know, I can't staff yeah. anything 24 seven. So I'm not going to be able to catch what maybe I could. And so if, if they're not letting their guard down, you know, we can't. And so as an organization, um, to your point, one area that has to remain solid is, is security, because if you're already looking at an economic situation that you're wrestling with, the last thing you want is a data integrity yep. crisis on top of that. Yeah, look, the security by CIO admission, even I I can even go back to Mark Rimsey was reactionary. Mm. This is five years ago, right? Very reactionary. Problem exists, plug hole to remediate. And, you know, it was, it was budget constrained. Um, It wasn't, it wasn't, top of mind, but it was crawling up the stack. Mm -hmm. Now with, you know, like the actors are bots, the actors, the, the malicious actors are, you know, programs written to find a hole, to find some intrusion, some way in, and then, you know, basically, uh, you know, take the, uh, take the information. Right. So, you know, that's going to create, more opportunity, not less opportunity. There will be more bad actors because the sense of that vulnerability, the sense that companies will have to um, let off the gas in terms of their investment. Um, This isn't sort of doomsday stuff. This is just the the tough reality of, you know, where our data is, what kind of data all of the regulatory compliance that basically goes into that data and, you know, the need to have it absolutely secure, which has come full circle. Now it is all proactive. Um, and basically, you know, the, the tool stack um, in terms of best of breed, that's the other thing that I look at data indoor and we're able to put best of breed in because we're not, we're not your typical uh, MSP, right? So a, t- not a, a typical MSP is client buys license. I manage license for client. Maybe mm-hmm. we co-manage, but at the end of the day, 
there is a, a client owns a license and then we manage it for them. Mm-hmm. So you've pushed your um, IT staff out maybe one click. We're different. Like we basically own the license. We're an OEM. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can basically um, sell you that license on a per month basis. Yep. We can turn it up and turn it down. Right. Uh, we can increase it. Um, there is no renewal charge, right? There is just a service level agreement and basically we're off and running. Um, so, you know, that gives so much more flexibility that, you know, basically is spot on for the economy, uh, you know, that is approaching us. And, sure. and then we're, we're actually not even approaching us that we're already in. Right, right. Right. Well, and to your point, um, you know, you brought up, you know, the regulatory situation. Um, those aren't changing. That's right. So if, if right. you, if you're in healthcare, if you know, wh- wherever you are, the checks and balances and regulatory uh, demands that are made of you don't change. Yeah. And more importantly, if you are an organization that is in someone a regulated business supply chain, right? Maybe you're not regulated, but your customers are. So none of those change. So how, Met with a how client do you yesterday, right? I mean, it just it, it's so timely, right? Like, like, let's let's tick through some boxes, right? Spoke about the advantage of the um, OpEx model, right? Hundred uh, percent, and the flexibility. Talked about regulatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talked about. Um, you know, sort of uh, audits and acquisitions Mm -hmm. and data, like all of those things are so well positioned for Data Endure to help a client and it's timely and it's, and those conversations are happening right now. Right, right, right. Well, and, and to your point, um, we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping up here, but one of the things, and you're, you're leading me right into it, um, the conversations that we are having and ones that we would like to offer to our viewers are, are to have this economic assessment conversation, right? To really understand um, where are you today? You know, what are the areas that you're looking at and saying either, okay, do I have to renew this? Or maybe I don't do this and I know I can't go another year deferring this. So let's have a conversation about that. Let's show you um, what good might look like if you had to do it yourself, <laughs> um, yeah. let's show you what good, let's show you what great looks like doing it through data endure right. because to the point we, um, you know, with the benefits of aggregation, with the benefits of the training and the staff that we have, right. Not only are we able to give you a very healthy and mature security posture, we're able to get you from zero to 60 very quickly. So, right. you know, there is a time to market benefit that you get, um, you know, which as we go through these next months, years, um, you know, that, that can greatly benefit these organizations. So we would like to offer that to anyone listening. You know, if you'd like to have that conversation, just like the one Tom mentioned he had yesterday, um, you know, let's inspect certain areas. Let's understand maybe the economic objectives you have. Let's understand um, the business and security outcomes that you need to deliver. And, you know, we'll, we'll be very candid. If there are areas where we can help, if there are areas where we can help um, you get to great, then, then, you know, we absolutely can do that. But, but at least we can 
help you bubble those up, help you understand um, what's available and to, to have a good choice to make. No, absolutely. And I, and I, I would be uh, remiss and I, and I, I'm, I'm filling in, got big shoes to fill in today. Uh, but Shaheen has built an amazing TCO model, an amazing mm-hmm. view of what a typical client would spend versus what they would spend for us or with us. And, uh, and then obviously the layer on that, the services that, uh, that they would get. So right. I would strongly encourage anybody either listening or that we will, you know, forward this to, um, that basically, uh, you know, that, that is a call to action for sure is to engage us on that conversation because that's an important conversation. Right. No strings attached. Um, just, you know, we, we really do, um, with this digital resilience mantra and mission that we have for organizations, um, we really, do enjoy having these conversations. We enjoy um, helping organizations understand where they are and um, revealing any gaps or vulnerabilities. So that, that's our job. Uh, that's what we enjoy. That's why we're all here. So please do feel free to take us up on it. You can go to our website. You can send something to info at dataendure.com. Um, and Tom, any, any parting words? You made it easy. I will say that. So thank you. Uh, this is not my normal venue. I'm much better in front of uh, a client, not talking to a, uh, a YouTube app. So now I will be uh, forever on YouTube. I there you kind go. of avoid those things, but that's okay. <laughs> and you may be, thank you, Kirsten. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I say this with Shaheen and I, I echo it with you. I always learn something sitting down and talking to you guys. I I love tapping into your experience and, and history. So thank you for joining us and everyone else. We will see you next month.